if you want me to, I can make a big announcement. No, no. Huh? Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. But um, thank you, first of all, for reaching out. It gives me great honor and privilege to introduce Robin Mafanya. Yes, thank you so much, Ryan. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you so much for reaching out. Um, I know it was from Brian Francis. Um, he said, no, you must ha- listen to this lady's story. It is it was awesome. And I'm like, I think at this stage, anyone, every, everyone's story is awesome. Um, Indeed. One of the greatest things that I've, always, that I've learned is everyone has power in their own story. Um, yes. We just need to help others uh, find it. And um, through my journey, I'm finding out things about myself, but I'm surrounding myself with the right people. And I'm surrounding myself with like-minded people, happy people, and just want, it's crazy, the, the, an, an impact beyond themselves, which I'm sure is at the root of your, your organization. That's and right. I'm going to get it right now. In year, oh, in, there we go. <laughs> Nyara Youth Development. Yeah, and as you see, you spell it N Y A R A, and I would be yes. like Nyara. Yes. Sounds like a, it sounds like a game a game reserve. Yes. So uh, it becomes an Afrika- The R becomes an Afrikaans G, but um, in the Kosa language, uh, yes, Nyara. Mm, Nyara Village, and I see it's just right around the corner. Yes, not far. Yeah, the whole Karma thing there. Very. I mean, we go there quite often, and it's mm. relaxing. So. Yes, beautiful. One of the things that, that struck me is you said you returned yes. to the village. So it's obviously where you grew up. or That's right. You went? Where did you go from there? Um, so you, you went big city life. <laughs> um, I went straight from um, high school to the UK for two years. Oh, wow. That is... <laughs> That's a big jump from a from, from <laughs> very big jump from a, a farm uh, class environment straight to um, big city life. But fortunately, um, it was through church connections. So it was into a church environment um, and running a community center. Well, part of that whole environment, mm. and it was in a small town in the North England called Southport. So it wasn't like big city life, London. Um, so I adapted quite easily. Yeah. Yeah, and then coming back i always like to always figure out why you come back and also understanding that you're going from a first world country back into a third world country when did the decision to come back sort of start pulling at your heart to say you know (laughs) and it's crazy it's like always like the village pull it's the same with why i could never leave the eastern cape is there's something about just there's just something about it yes. that's just beautiful. Home pulls you home. 100%. Um, but yeah, so I, um, it, my visa actually came to an end, but I also decided that I needed to get a degree by, behind my name. Um, and being um, in that community space uh, and youth space in England kind of solidified my passion for community development. So I came to do my BA in community development but actually ended up going to Johannesburg mm. and working in the corporate space for a while um, to fund my studies. Mm. I ended up meeting my husband in Johannesburg and then... Was it his dance moves? <laughs> no, not Marian at all. says her husband was the eyes. Was it the eyes as well? Sure, I don't know what I would say. I'm not going to put you on the spot here anyway, so we can carry on. Okay, but <laughs> yeah, no, it was just, we, we just became 
really um, good friends, you know, almost like when you know you've met your soulmate. Mm. We connected on that level. So um, anyway, then we moved to Cape Town and then it was COVID and um, we decided to make a new fresh start. The whole world was kind of upside down mm. and we moved back home and straight onto the farm. Um, so that was a, a little bit scary because when we got there, it was kind of in ruins. Mm. So a lot of the So not the same as when you left? No, they had stripped the building of everything. So there was not much to come home to. So were you, was it quite, not the, the picture you expected as the homecoming? That's it. Um, so we had to do a lot of rebuilding from the ground up. Um, luckily, my dad is in construction and it was a whole family affair and he's rebuilt most of it now. Um, and just being in that environment and seeing that the community is still in such poverty and they actually took because of the lack, you know, they didn't have homes to build mm. and they needed bricks or whatever it is. Um, and got me thinking, you know, well, why don't we actually uplift this community and take it to where it needs to go? Mm. Because these kids, um, how do they expect to make it in this 21st century world when they don't have the same access to opportunities and tools and the internet and all of those things? Mm. So there's an old trading store on the farm that I've turned into a youth resource center. Um, and yeah, January, January 2021, I registered the nonprofit and decided, let's go. Yeah, that, that's amazing. But that jump or that process must have been a bit daunting in itself. It was very Because it's daunting. like you said, you sit and you're like, no, it's a good idea. But then, as you said, okay, I'm going home and it, whoa, yes. whatever I got myself into. Yes, definitely. Uh, we all had that, <laughs> I think, reaction. What did we get ourselves into? <laughs> um, but it's kind of also just like, okay, one foot in front of the other, let's get this done. Mm. And um, I think we pulled together as a family. Um, we also did a little bit of farming projects. So we were all together during Christmas time, digging, planting. Uh, we've got a field of green peppers going. Um, and I think it was just a lot of time where um, God was rebuilding us as a family and as individuals, you know, taking away all of the things that we thought were important because mm. I think that's what lockdown did for a lot of people. Mm. You know, you, you stripped from your socialization, from all the nice things that life has to offer and you're alone with yourself and your family mm. and you kind of have that introspection of actually, okay, this is what I have mm. um, and you kind of make the most of it. Mm. What COVID did is it, it stripped everything to the bare necessities and shows, yes, okay, as, as tough as it was, we were managed to get through it. But walk me through the process of, you know, the challenging times that obviously where it is now is a lot better than when, when you first got there. Yes. But that whole, in that whole movement to uplift, I mean, that it's, it's quite an investment. I'm saying an emotional investment because you almost want something bigger than you feel that you can actually deliver. How is that for you? Um, so a little bit daunting in, in the sense that it's a lot of hard work. But um, I just decided, well, when I put my mind to something, I get it done and I work hard to get it done. So that's what I've done for the last two years. So you never, never say no, never say stop attitude. No, um, I think in the last um, interview I had, somebody described me as indomitable. 
Um, <laughs> and I think even from a young age, you know, my parents recognized that I'm kind of like a non-stop person. I keep going, you know, despite my situation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was all about um, starting with having a, a business plan, having um, a, a vision and a mission and getting that message out to other people mm. to kind of do fundraising and get the funding to actually get the building up and running. I mean, now we have a soup kitchen we run every week. Mm. We have programs and activities for the kids. Um, there's a lot we're doing already. and. I can say it's only by God's grace, you know, when you you are obedient to what he tells you to do, he provides. Mm. Um, and I think we've literally been living on that provision. Yeah, but sometimes you're always thinking, okay, well, uh, anytime, anytime now, you know. Yes, sometimes you're like, um, <laughs> it's a bit late. Um, <laughs> When's you know? this timing coming? You know, I'm going down this path, but uh, where's the light? Where's the light? Yes. Yes, we all have those moments, um, but when you you stick to it, you know the light comes. No, absolutely. So it was yeah. that foundation, that foundation on on that spirituality aspect of it that we're here to serve. There's a bigger purpose of it, and um, was that something that you you were raised um, with that belief or that structure in your household? Yes. So um, funny enough, um, my parents and my grandparents were Jehovah's Witness. Um, but when I was a teenager, um, we all went to youth club uh, with friends and family and um, ended up on the other end of the scale and we all got saved um, and were born again Christians. And I think starting on that journey and I even being very involved in church and youth um, as a teenager kind of started my journey towards that social impact space mm. because we always did outreach and community outreach and giving and I think I've, I have the most pleasure when I'm giving mm. you know I feel like it's a gift to give so um, so that's kind of what I'm about do you think it not many people really have that kind of approach most people are more introvert in terms of what's for me first what's for me but it takes, I always like to say, it takes a strength of character as well to look beyond oneself to the bigger community. But that get that ability to help someone in the smallest way. Definitely. I think um, when you strip away all of the, the differences between people, because we're all very vastly different, mm. you find that we're all human beings and inside, emotionally, we all need that connection mm. and by giving the smallest thing to somebody and showing empathy it makes a, a real difference in their heart mm. um, and can change their situation and their mindset and their aspect it gives them hope you mm. know and one of the things that i also admire as well you talk about inclusion but it's not just from the the resource um, uh, uh, hub i see that you also do the, the feeding you also do the sports there's the gender-based yeah. violence. So it's that inclusion into the whole educational aspect of it, the upskilling, the empowerment. Um, but as youth, you mentioned earlier that youth, you were involved in a lot of youth programs, but have, has there always been the draw card towards the youth that's been part of your DNA from, from a young girl? Definitely. Yes, I think so. <laughs> and um, what do you, why is it so important with the youth? So for me, from personal experience, um, that is the time of 
life that really shapes you for your future you there's so many defining moments you know um, that you decide this is the type of person that I want to be or aspire to be and you kind of go out and get it from that age whereas um, when you're older you kind of you are already this person and to make changes in your life choices are a lot harder mm-hmm. so when you're reaching somebody at that approachable age it's a lot easier for them to see differently you know to open their mind to see the world in a different light mm. and that's what i kind of try to share with them you mm. know to see the world as an oyster as opportunity mm. not as the scary dark place where i find a lot of older people already see the world as this dark scary place and to change their mindset mm. is very difficult but i think it's also society as a whole i think is a gray cloud of negativity a gray cloud of hopelessness yes and at the same time try and be the beacon of light because you mentioned about the inclusion aspect of it which i was really really fascinated about the fact mm-hmm. is that you are getting uh, or in the process of getting wi-fi to the rural areas for me has been also one of the biggest things that i believe uh, to empower communities and transform them include them into the digital economy has been a major draw card for me in terms of social impact because you yes. are creating an opportunity for people to learn, to understand, to upskill and to be involved in this digital environment. That's correct. Exactly that. Um so yeah, we've actually um built with the help of another nonprofit called Wish, um our backbone structure uh, which is building our own internet service provider um that connects to fiber. It's a wireless point with a tower and antenna from our center to East London. Um and yeah so basically there is f- uh, free internet at our hub at the moment we just need to now um install antennas in the villages so mm. that people could can connect from their homes yeah. and there's so a bit and there's a bit of hope now there's that we're getting ready to go into the digital space that's it exactly and it excites them you'll see so many of them come and connect and they get so excited they're like wow i can actually research stuff find mm. things um absolutely and it's just about that curiosity you know as a as a young person because to not have the same access like every other person mm. you don't realize what they miss out on 100% um, i mean you, you look at uh, probably you and i i mean our google probably saves our lives yes probably saves marriages everything. as well <laughs> so and now imagine if you give someone the opportunity to, to educate themselves and i mean not only about the entrepreneur aspect of it, but about gender based violence about you know the the uh, hygiene about a whole lot of things that they generally don't have the access to the rural the, the rural t- uh, side of it which to me is extremely uh, inspiring because now what happens is that you as you said you, the inclusion aspect but inclusion seems to be coming up in a lot of these conversations whether it be from the rural point of view whether it be from the disability point of view where there's that aspect of marginalization yes So that's it um right and a lot of rural areas are marginalized to their specific area and what they have and are given so we want to bridge that gap you know for for between urban and rural and give them access to 21st century tools mm. so that they can feel a part of the society mm. you know for example um a lot of kids that finish school in a rural area then they go to university and they stay at res they face major challenges mm. um adapting to the social environment um and 
they, they, it's very stressful because is they that, almost is that, kind is that, of is that big, yeah, big city life? Yes, not even. So say, for example, somebody that goes to a school in Yaha mm. and they come to Fort Hay, East London. East London is still a small town. It's not quite big city mm. life. But still, the social gap is huge. Mm. They are not exposed to computers, to um, how to use the internet. Mm. Now they must do these massive projects online for school mm. um, even the With social life and all of that. exactly the social life is very different the lingo mm. the English gap um, there are so many gaps that we can't actually that are not tangible and we can't see mm. and they suffer I mean just from doing my own research the psychologists ha have a lot to say about the fact that these kids are not properly equipped mm. for university and the, the economy at mm. large so that is kind of one of our mandates to make sure that we're equipping kids from this environment to go into society and become part of it to not just go in get a degree and come back home because they're failing dismally at mm. fitting in mm. it's um, the integration that's, that's really right. and it's that's so funny right. that you said that because andy m chochisa uh, one of the first gentlemen that I had the honor of interviewing was also mentioning something very similar to what you are mentioning but in the sports field yes. or in the sports industry to say you take someone so talented from the townships mm -hmm. and then as soon as they go into any sort of academy or anything that's outside the townships they they don't know how to they find it difficult yes. so the raw talent that they see in the township it gets affected by them trying to adapt and fit in the side the psychological um, effects the mental health things where they actually don't fulfill their, their true purpose yes very true exactly that's crazy so we to try we try and and hit it from as many angles as possible mm. on the sports field in the digital world the social aspects uh, we do a lot of workshops on gbv on women empowerment on entrepreneurship also teaching them that um, you can make something of yourself and your passions right where you are mm. you also don't have to look to the dream of going into big city to make money out there mm. there is opportunity to make money with what you have mm. we do a lot of recycling workshops in teaching them to make things out of recyclable goods mm. so that they can actually uh, make money out of nothing if you mm. know what i mean mm. um so yeah it's looking at it from all the aspects to try and actually make a real impact in the community in the in that rural economy because mm, the rural and informal economy um is actually massive in its entirety it is so massive they were actually de uh, read an article where they said it's actually bigger than the formal economy so actually in fact which one is the actual informal economy and yes. it's a across the board it's a multi-billion rand uh, industry and i mean I, I was saying earlier that's where i drew the inspiration for entrepreneurship is from the rural side you know the guys selling m the mom and pop shops the guys yes. selling sweets but if you actually do the economic study about it the velocity of money that moves between hands is massive it is and to say massive. look you, you don't need to go and get a degree and it's not the be all and end all you just need to know the, the fundamentals you need to know what this is you need to know what business is you need to know the dynamics of trading and all of this That's but it. the flair and that ability to never give up because they've at, at that level they've they've got no other option that they have to survive yes uh, that to me is what i was mentioning earlier is what inspired me to kickstart this because these are the stories that we wanted to get and one of the first stories we got was uh, given in guamba from uh, in, in Zillow Charcoal, who was a sound engineer, 
went his whole life didn't go according to plan came back home to Mpumalanga and made now he's made charcoal from agricultural waste sugar cane and and groundnuts but it just shows you as well that you know you can go down you can study all you like but things don't go according to plan you try to hustle and then he just thought of something so genius and so environmentally friendly Mm -hmm. and he's got it going but when I asked him what is he what does um, what motivates him he said hunger and yet just put into context the whole rural the whole township economy yes it's thriving but there's that there's that big element of it as well to you know to try and be try and be sustainable if i had to call it yes. that yes. and the um, so the, the the point on what what is the what is the response been like since since you <laughs> since the queen came back home if i had to call it that <laughs> <laughs> funny um so i think i have seen a response in terms of for example if you want to look statistically in the high school in the area um, i do uh, career guidance and career expeditions i get all the universities to come and speak and then also past uh, pupils that have done well and we share our stories and i share my story that i came from from here i've got my master's degree i've traveled the world and i'm doing what i love mm it's possible to do what you love Mm. you just have to not give up you know because when i did a little bit of study groups and some research focus groups from the school what i found is that a lot of them have had given up hope Mm. they had said no there's other people that have studied got a degree they're sitting at home there are no jobs for us there's no point in in finishing school Mm. we just drop out and they drink and and do sub uh, drugs and the vicious circle continues that's it and then i say but there is hope there is possibility mm. you know you're looking at the wrong end of the coin you mm. know so we do all of these um workshops to try and inspire them and give them hope and the pass rate has actually increased oh, awesome. from last year to this year we're finding a lot most of the matriculants have passed i think possibly one or two failed whereas the year before there was 10 to 15 failures mm so and people are actually wanting to to do more you know they have hope and they have they're curious now about life what can i do you know sometimes also it's about being informed and having options so Mm. you'll find a lot of them only know you can be a social worker and a policeman and a teacher those Mm. are your three options and i'm like no there are a million options Mm. what is it that you really want to do okay so how are we going to get the these are the subjects you need to choose you know you can go to university and do this or x y and z and the eyes are open and now they have a passion something to w- w- work towards mm. um so i think that's we have seen real difference in just creating hope and smiles and uh, passion um, love and laughter yeah because yeah. um it seems there's an abundance of you giving out your cup but how what do you do to refill your cup because good question uh, because <laughs> it's always something that I always try and ask myself as well because I'm very similar to that. I, I try and help everyone wherever I can, but to a point where it's an emotional investment. It's a lot of hard work. They're generally more difficult times than good times. You know, there's a lot going out your cup. But what yes. do you do to, apart from the the spiritual, the oh. spiritual side? I was going to say the spiritual side because <laughs> for me, I do a lot of prayer um, and praise and worship, and I find that that fills me. Um, I also have two kids of my own. They give me a lot of joy <laughs> and laughter. <laughs> Very busy. Um, but other than that, I think, you know, it's just taking that time out when you feel like you are 
spent mm. to refill with the things that you know are can fill you if whether it's taking a walk in nature or um doing a puzzle just taking time out to declutter your mind mm. and refill it with good thoughts with good things that you know nurture you mm. for you being for you being those things i no, mean for uh, me being yeah. those things which is either taking a walk doing a puzzle uh, even watching a film spending family time mm. uh, with my family those type of things but you were mentioning earlier now that uh, before you came in you're saying you're going into a podcast you're saying your husband's overseas yes he is in london at the moment but does he come back as well or how does that and the reason why i ask uh, as well is that it's also that the, the long distance um the relationship is something that i've also with something so investing as well you know sometimes you say oh man i just wish my hubby was here how does yes so um over the years he works a lot overseas so we've kind of become accustomed to the traveling um but funny enough this um he's been there for almost two months now um position is actually permanent for him so um we might be following suit to be with him soon um and then i would just manage virtually and travel for big events mm. so um i feel like it's been very fortuitous in how god has mapped out what we've accomplished thus far mm. because we currently have staff on the ground and we have people that manage our operations so it doesn't require me to physically be present for things mm. to move forward but you set it up now in a way knowing that if i do it also if, if I i'm not if I, yeah exactly, if i'm not yeah continues 100% um, but what i do will continue to do is to you know meet with the team to make sure things run to network to to fundraise to be as much involved as i still can be mm. um and i think one thing that covid has taught us is that you can virtu- do something virtually from anywhere 100% um things are not impossible many people have jobs virtually from all around the mm. world so i plan to do it uh, virtually yeah 100% but we you we're looking at it now for you as a support structure and element in 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 the village in the community how important has your own personal support structure been from your family in your journey ahead it's been massive so we l- i live with my parents on the farm property and they have been very instrumental in supporting me through this process mm. i wouldn't have come this far without them and you pay tribute to obviously um, their support reinforcing your support and uh, for the community to that resilience if i had to say to we can get it done definitely definitely um and i think it's also in the uh, strong suits like my dad um is a uh, carpenter and does construction so a lot of the stuff he's done out of his own mm. you know made something out of nothing type mm. of person um and my mom is also strong in in helping get things done or even if it's helping watch shout, my kids shout out shout out to mom and dad yes shout out <laughs> to them while i get things done they've just supported me through it all what i always like to say what motivates you when you wake up every morning you have your cup of coffee what puts fire in your belly chill sure. um i think it's centered around around hope just giving hope to others and holding on to the hope myself that um we can see a better world um to to thrive and succeed despite circumstances um yeah i think it's so where do you think the challenges are that blur that type of vision for everyone to see it? think it's society social media a whole yes. lot of 
so many negative things um, mm. and that I think is the key to block out the negativity because mm. sometimes you can get so bombarded by negativity that you don't see the the real picture anymore mm. you know and I think society now that is so um, focused on being online you mm. on Facebook or Instagram and you're constantly seeing feeds and you're also almost living in a fantasy you forget about the reality mm. um, and then when you're in your reality you know you it's it's daunting mm. to live in it so for me um, I always just try to remain positive and share positivity with others that they can see that things are possible you mm. know and how much of it also is looking at it from a structural point of view to try and get the fundamentals right at home because one of the a lot of the discussions where I've had in the past is at at home if it's dysfunctional it becomes it becomes very traumatic for kids households and all of that and obviously in areas where there aren't opportunities where there are poverty they're prone to gender-based violence they're prone to a lot of physical and emotional trauma yes but to go in and try and fix that i mean that must also be quite a challenge itself i mean there has to be an element not only from your side that's saying i want to help but they mm. need to receive and say yes, yes. we want to yeah. be able to better that's ourselves it. exactly and and i think that's what they they're hungering for at the moment because you know we've done uh, we do quite interactive workshops uh, and i've done a few gbv ones and self-defense training and all of that self-defense yeah you, you're a martial artist no not uh, oh, i was about to say we I got like, somebody in to yeah, do it i was about not then uh, becoming wonder woman now <coughs> no 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 <laughs> so um yeah and we, we, you have conversations right um, with them and you say okay what can you do to change your situation and we get into these deep conversations mm. about what actually happens on the ground and they realize that it's a lot of it is taking responsibility for your own choices mm. and those around you and supporting your neighbor next door mm. you know when something is going on you can hear something's going on but you don't do anything mm. so we had those real conversations and I think they're so ready to take the next step and stand together as a community mm. against all these social ills that continue mm. to just happen because if you don't make a break in the cycle the cycle will continue absolutely and the, the, the beauty of it is i like the model that you're getting uh, and you're building but there are hundreds if not thousands of similar communities yes. so what would the what would the starting point because i wish i'm sure every community wish they had a robin <laughs> But how can people be more actively involved uh, in their day-to-day -day life um, with, with community development and co community involvement? Because we look at it now saying, okay, well, you know, we're worried about what we've got and this and that. But understanding that playing your part in the community, no matter as small of the donation, as small of whatever, as you said, goes a long way. So what's the, what's the starting point for people to realize that they can actually be part of a, a solution? It's doing any little bit that you can really. Getting involved in community initiatives, I think, is one of the most important. So, all communities have different things that go on um, all the time. So, it's getting to know if your neighbors and what's happening and getting involved in those activities mm. and showing up. 
for others you know when they need you sometimes there's a funeral next door taking a sugar and a tea or something you know just doing your little bit where you can mm. um, and when there are like initiatives happening get involved don't mm. just sit in your home close your door and stick to yourself because mm. you don't grow like that um, and you don't help others or help yourself in that way because nobody's going to know when you're struggling when your door is closed yeah. your door has to be open mm -hmm. you have to actually engage with those around you to know what's happening and for them to know what's happening with you absolutely we're not born to be an island you know <laughs> absolutely and you know funny that we're actually measuring it against uh, i think the world health organization for the status of your mental health is how actively you are involved in your community okay. as part of the engagement to feel part of something yes. because Look at and you talk about mental health in its entirety is when you're sitting you're generally sitting in your in your by yourself yes but the Isolation, more the, yeah, yeah the more involved you are the more you feel part of something and that That's part it. of that acceptance that autonomy that part of something goes a long way you know to helping people uh, develop the, develop that themselves feeling of belonging feeling of um you had inclusion. That's it. Yeah, exactly, right? Goes That's back inclusion. to inclusion. Feeling part of something. Everybody mm. wants to feel like they're part of something and making a difference. Mm. It is. That, that whole thing, I mean, something, I, I've even tried to figure out this, where I fit in. And it's something that I still <laughs> try, try every day to try and figure out where I, where I fit in. But I think it comes down to the support aspect of it. But what would, if you look back at it now, or sorry, if you look forward at it now, what is the legacy you want to leave? that the generations you know that to come your what you done what is the legacy you want to leave behind so that is such an interesting question you know i'd actually say that that is one of the driving points that have got me to where i am because often i also think what am i leaving behind for my kids what a, you know when i'm old or gone one day what have i left them mm. and this is what i want to leave them a legacy of compassion and giving and you know making a difference in the world and even if it's in this small village mm. you know to show that just one person can make a difference amen but do you think it's something that also we as society need to adopt that philosophy and not only with our kids teaching them compassion teaching them to be part of it i agree a hundred percent with you and that's also what I do with my kids and that is trying to be actively as actively involved in as many things. But in today's time, we're so focused on do we have enough money now? Do we have this and that? That we actually forget. We, we're focusing on, okay, the financial side of it. But there's there's a whole lot of other things that you can give your kids that when you are gone, you say, okay, I've left them all the money in the world. But have I taught them to be good individuals? Have I taught them to be compassionate? Because in their own, in that entirety, they can go back to what you said earlier, that impact, that social impact. And that to me is something that I'm learning that although you can't measure impact, what you can see, you can see it and you can definitely be part of it. That's right. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in the fact that money doesn't buy happiness. So uh, here's, here's the thing. I heard it last week and I, I said that 100% until I heard it come from someone else. He said money can buy happiness. You just got to spend it on other people. And I was like, okay, oh, oh, there's a different flip side to it. I haven't heard no, that one. But you have to admit then, and I'm like, okay, now all of a sudden that one makes sense. But you were saying, oh, money doesn't buy yes. happiness. And it's the sense that, you know, 
a lot of the time people build these empires okay this is what I'm leaving my kids all this money they'll never have to suffer or have lack or anything but um, if you think about it those individuals that have everything what are their characters like mm. you know they've never had a struggle and of the smallest thing their world crumbles so you, you, your kids have to go through a little bit of struggle to have character mm. so for me it's not about leaving them all the money in the world it's about leaving them something that you know shows hope and compassion for the world and mm. making a difference and um, also doing what you desire you know I feel that we've all been given gifts mm. you know whatever our talents are what our gifts are to use that to go for that and not be afraid of failure mm. um, to just reach for the stars yeah it's a whole it's a support element of reinforcing finding out what what the, uh, your kids your family your community want work together and making it done and, and I agree with you you said normalizing it understanding that failure is part of it Yes. You know that if you fall down, be the person Get to stick, yeah, and stick out your hand to help yeah. other people. For, for me, one of the greatest things that I've learned since I started this journey is that it comes down to your tribe, your environment that you create, mm -hmm. and you can invite people that will either make you shine or they will dampen. Yes. And I before before I went on this journey, I I was dealing with a whole lot of toxic relationships mm -hmm. and I was kind of traumatized by it and then when, sure. when I go into the, like, the work I do now I meet so many nice people that I <laughs> almost think like there's something wrong what's the catch but to me it's also that impact of helping someone better themselves intangibly uh, intrinsically and intangibly is probably the greatest gift and most rewarding feeling Yes. Knowing that by just by your small little t t effort, whether it just even be a word of encouragement, yes. saying, you know what, you're looking beautiful today. Don't give up. You know what, yes. keep going. You know what, you're not alone. You're part of it. Can change the trajectory of someone's life for the positive. All about degrees, like small little degrees. In the, in That's the, in it. And knowing that you could potentially make them a better person that will give them a better chance in their career whether it be not only with jobs but even a better person that's it that's worth the fight exactly that's why we do this every day and we wake up every day to try and make a new difference every day absolutely that's why i that's why i wake up trying to change the world one story at a time and i have to admit that um it's been refreshing because it's like i'm looking at the mirror and speaking to the, fe <laughs> the female version of myself awesome well that's so good to hear because no. you are just with these stories making such a global impact you know inspiring people on a global level is amazing but it's scary it is no it, it, it is like i like i i like this east london is like perfect for me mm -hmm. and like as soon as i went into the digital economy that that's big city life okay that was big city life and that for me was overwhelming but it's that i always i've always been a compassionate person but i've always wanted what's best for someone else uh, whether we did the developments whether we were doing projects i always had that subservient approach to say this isn't about me this is about a springboarding a community and an individual into something better because yeah. if we have that approach and even if it the doesn't work picture. let's mm -hmm. say it f fails mm -hmm. i can at least put my head on the pillow saying i'm giving it my I all tried. and yes. that to me is probably the most important what where do you find your peace element is to say i'm here serving a purpose 
But also one thing that I learned uh, also because it's, it's crazy death has a funny way of putting everything in perspective and um, yeah. one of my old colleagues I found out was involved uh, was killed in a car crash a couple of weeks ago. Oh no, I'm so sorry to hear. And the reality of it is what are we doing today? to make a difference because we might not be here tomorrow and That's that to me was you, you worry about all these other things that are still yet to come mm-hmm. but realizing that today is the stepping stone in order to get to where your long-term goal is and it's part of your life things are going to be tough that's it exactly nobody was is without hardship um, and it's how we face the trials and tribulations I think that determine our character and our future but it's been amazing like i said i love it. i always seem to have like the best conversations on fridays oh, you know awesome. so um, i thank you so much for your i thank you so much for your time it's not only the work you do but the the human spirit inside of you is is extremely inspiring and i love giving people credit where credit is due so from us at your story global thank you for who you are although you've you're from a small village you could potentially have a global impact because all you need to do is one person needs to hear the story of what of your journey and can relate can relate to it that can better themselves in the community was even on that point of saying i want to but I, I'm, I'm not sure here's yours and, and here's your story to say this is what i did that might be the springboard that can go and impact people communities beyond the, the, the something we could never even comprehend so I thank you, Robin, so much for your time. I wish you nothing short of happiness, success, and an abundance of blessing for you, your family, and, and the community. So Thank you so much, Ryan, and same to you. And thank you for what you do um, with these stories. I think it's almost like a each one reach one, you know, type of effect. Um, and all the best on your journey. And thanks so much for having me. Yeah.